0: Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. Before we moved into the warehouse and expanded to multiple campus locations, Rolling Hills met in a movie theater. And now we're visiting the movies once again in our series, At The Movies. Whether it be a hero's journey, a villain's downfall, or a fairy tale ending, everyone loves a movie with a good story. But every good story borrows from God's story. In this series, we're looking at five different movies to see how we can find faith stories in film. Now, let's tune in.
1: morning. Good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It's so good to be together today. You guys excited about today? Yeah. good. It's <laughs> just good to be together and to worship our great God. So welcome everybody here at our Franklin campus. Welcome to our online campus. What a joy to join together and worship to Him. And last week I was at the grand opening of our Nolensville campus. we got our new building there, which has been awesome. So if you know people living in Nolensville or over there in that community, man, it's exciting to see what God's doing through His church. And I love that we're on this journey Together Church. And welcome back to our series. We're in this great series called At the Movies. And I love this series because as a church, we started, right, in a movie theater. We're over Cool Sprigs, and so it's kind of fun going back to our roots. But, But you're seeing these movies, and we're talking about the five purposes of the church. We're looking at evangelism, we're looking at discipleship and fellowship and worship and ministry, and we're seeing it with these movies that are kind of bringing out the illustration and showing us these things. Now, it's exactly the way Jesus taught Right? I mean, if you look in Scripture, Jesus used his surroundings when he was teaching spiritual truths. And so Jesus would be teaching, and he would go, hey, look at that farmer over there. All right? He's sowing his seed, and the seed is the Word of God, just like I'm doing right here. He's sowing the seed, and it's falling on hearts that are ready to receive it, and it's springing up quickly, and then the other hearts, it's being choked out. So Jesus was always doing this, right? He goes, look at that mountain over there. If you have just the faith of a mustard seed, right? Or look at that fig tree, or look over here at this olive tree. So he's constantly using that backdrop to teach spiritual truths. And we don't live in an agricultural society. We live in a digital society. And so we've got movies. And what we're seeing is God's story in these movies. We're seeing God's story. We know that there's this epic battle between good versus evil, right? We all feel that. Or we get excited when the hero wins. Why? Because it's resonating inside of us. Because it's the way God created us. He is the author of all the great stories. Now, we've also said that there's some movies out there that we shouldn't watch, right? I mean, there's some junk out there, some things you don't wanna bring into your mind or into your heart or into your home, right? Some things you shouldn't show your kids. But there are some movies that you just go, man, I get that. That's the word of God coming through. And so we talked about evangelism and we looked at end game, right? And the end, there's gonna be an end. Jesus talks about the end will come. And are we ready? We don't stand before Thanos one day and worry about him snapping his fingers, right? We we stand before him, the Lord God Almighty and His mercy in His grace because of the gift of Jesus Christ that we have eternal life so we know how the end's going to come and how it's going to be. Then we look at this at discipleship. We talked about Star Wars, right? You had Obi-Wan and then to Luke and then to Rey. And you just see it passed down. Star Wars is kind of every generation, you know, and, and we talked about that as discipleship. For all of us, if you're a parent, you're a grandparent, wherever you are, you're teaching You're ministering, you're an aunt, you're an uncle, you're a cousin. What are we passing on? You know, there is that epic struggle of good versus evil. And somebody once said that that line of good versus evil runs right through the human heart. (laughs) And we just always feel this pull to the dark side. Are we going to trust God? Are we going to follow God? Are we going to go away from the things of God? And so for us, are we passing on to the next generation the things that are right and pure and holy and true? Last week, we talked about fellowship. Fellowship right? Remember the Titans, you know, Super Bowl Sunday, you know, but yeah, is this great movie, Remember the Titans, and, and you see Coach Boone breaking down the barriers, and that's what Jesus came to do, to break down the barriers, right? Racism is a sin, right? He breaks down those barriers between gender and race and socioeconomic status, and we find fellowship when we lock arms with one another, when we have this greater purpose to live for the glory of God, and today we're talking about worship, and the movie we're using is National Treasure. Now, I don't know if you've seen National Treasure, but it, it's a great movie. It's fun. And, you know, it's energetic. Nicolas Cage. And, and Nicolas Cage plays Ben Gates. And Ben Gates, his whole family, has been looking for this treasure that the United States, the nation, has been hiding. Right? It's been hiding for all these years. It's been hiding against the founding fathers and collecting all the gold around the world and hiding this treasure. And so people think the Gates family's crazy, but, but Ben, the youngest, right, he heard it from his grandfather and then his dad and now him. They're looking for this treasure and we're going to find this treasure. So if you haven't seen it, watch this. you fired up. Like, let's go on a treasure hunt. All right, let's go find all right, this treasure. Well, here's the thing, right? Jesus talks a lot about treasures. And so we want to see that today. So if you have a Bible with you, invite you up with me to the book of Matthew, Matthew, First book, New Testament, Matthew chapter 6. If you're online, you go to the Rolling Hills app, or if you're in the room and you want to pull up the Rolling Hills app, or if you don't have the Rolling Hills app, go ahead and download it. We've got the scriptures there. There's daily readings. It's a great place to grow and to learn. But Matthew chapter 6, and I want you to see red letters, which means these are the very words of Jesus. So Matthew chapter 6, part of the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus says, verse 19, he says, Do not store up for yourselves... Treasures, <laughs> treasures on earth, where moss and rust, or moths and vermin, destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moss and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Whoa, that's big. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light but if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That's what Jesus says right there. So let's unpack that Today, If you are taking notes, I'd love for you to grab a worship guide. Or if you're online and you want to go to that Rolling Hills app, there's a place to fill in some blanks. But here's some amazing truths for us today, I think, that God wants us to see. First of all is this. Worship is our foundation. Worship is our foundation. What you worship matters. It matters a lot to God, okay? So Jesus says, do not store for yourselves treasures on earth, where moss and vermin destroy, thieves break in and steal, but store for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moss and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. Look at this one. Every civilization that's ever existed has had some form of worship. I mean, you think back through history, right? You got the Greeks, you got the Romans, you've got mythology, you've got every, every civilization has had some form of worship. It becomes the fabric of that culture, of that society, of that civilization. So national treasure, the nation, the United States, what do we as a nation worship? Well, when people came over here, first, the pilgrims, the Puritans, why did they come? To worship God, right? They were seeking religious freedom, and so they came to the United States, and they came to worship. That's why every town where you grew up, or every town where they would go and settle, they built a Church, right? You can probably think about the town you grew up in. What is the center of downtown? Oh well, there was a church, right? There was the first Presbyterian church. It was across the street from the first United Methodist Church and across the street from the first Baptist Church. And you know, it's just like, but every town, right? Every city, right? Everything because we're going there. We want God to be at the center of our nation. We want to worship. That's why we're here. We want to give God all the glory. Now, what begins to happen, right? What begins to happen in the United States, right? We begin to shift, we begin to move from the worship of God to the worship of what what Jesus said, right? Money, capitalism, wealth, success. Now, money's not bad in and of itself, right? Money can be used to do a lot of good. I mean, you can help a lot of people, you can bless a lot of people, and we should. Uh, Money can also be used to do a lot of bad things, right? I mean, you think about the sex slave trade. You think about human trafficking. You think about all these things that are heartbreaking, organized crime, and how many people have died over money, over money. The Bible says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, not money, right? I mean, if you've got money, thank God, be blessed, be thankful, be generous, but also just think about that, the love of money. So as a nation, we begin to shift, and all of a sudden, the worship moves from, hey, we want to worship God to what is now at the center of most every town, every city. Huge bank buildings, right? Huge insurance buildings. Huge, I, it all of a sudden just starts to shift and it's so subtle and so easy. But you look at that in a nation, the national treasure, you look at that many times in people's lives. So Jesus comes along and he says, hey, let me contrast for you the temporary versus the eternal. Don't store for yourselves treasures on earth and you're thinking we're moths and vermin, destroyed. We don't have to deal with that, right? We're not over here going, oh man, I'm worried about the rats eating all my wealth, right? Eating all the things. But what do we worry about? We worry about things that go up and things that go down, right? We're thinking things that are temporary and that can go away, whether it's moth or rust or vermin. But for us, it's the stock market, right? And we, we get so excited. We're like, it's up, it's up. We're like, yay! You know, and you're like, whoa, wow, that was 400 points. Oh. You know, and then you're checking your 401k. You're like, oh my goodness, what happened? What happened here? And, and we start writing. And then all of a sudden, our blood pressure is measured by the words recession and interest rates and mortgage rates. And, and we get caught up in all this because we're thinking, oh, that's going to satisfy and then you invest in crypto and your whole blood pressure goes out of your head, right? You know, it's like, oh, what's going to happen? You know, Bitcoin, Bitcoin? You know, all of these things, right? And it's not bad to have any of that. And it's good to be invested. It's be wise to be with your money. And I was a finance major. You know, it's, those things are smart. But Jesus goes, it's temporary. And if we're really wise, we start to go, it is temporary, <laughs> I could have this, but it's on paper. I really don't have that. I mean, what do I have? I want to put my trust in things that are eternal, which is God. I want my heart rate to not go out of the roof, but I want to be a person of peace because I know God's got this. I'm trusting him. God's my provider. God's my sustainer. God's the joy of my heart. Those are the things that are eternal. There's only three things that are eternal. Church, come on. is God, God's word and people. You know, the things that are temporary, we're not taking it with us. I don't care how much money you think you have or whatever you do, You're not taking it with you, right? When we die, we're going to stand before God, and we can invest now in things that are going to last. When you give glory to God, when you worship, when you study, when you're here, when you're investing in other people, you're building up treasures, Jesus says, in heaven, and that lasts for eternity. The temporary, it's like that. Eternity goes on for a long time, right? So where do I want my treasure? Jesus contrasts that for us. Look at this. If it turned, there he is. Worship is our response. Worship is our response. Now, it can be a response to something of this world, like a national treasure, man, we're responding. We want to go find this treasure, we want to go find it. But our response, if you're a Christ follower, is to God for who he is and for what he has done in our lives. So worship is simply our response. You know, like we talked about living that life of thankfulness. Man, there's going to be great times in life. There's going to be hard times in life. But how do I respond? How do I respond? Do I live a life of worship? It's my response back to God. Here's what it says in the book of Isaiah. It says, he will be the sure foundation for your times. That's the Lord. The Lord, verse five, it talks about that. He will be the sure foundation for your times. A rich store of salvation and wisdom and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is the key to this treasure. Not amazed. That was a great verse for this series. Right? Like, I mean, right there. The key. The key is the fear of the Lord. National treasure, right? The key's on the back of the Declaration of Independence. They have to steal it, and it's invisible ink, right? You know, it's like, but they figure out this key, and that's going to unlock this massive wealth, all the gold that the U.S. has been stockpiling over the years, and we're going to find that treasure. Well, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the key to the treasure. And it's not a fear like, oh, no, there's God. It's a awe, a reverence. He's God, I'm not. It's this respect. It's worship worship. When I begin to worship, man, I build my life on the rock. I'm building my life on God. I'm living this life. I'm responding back to God. So worship is our foundation. Worship changes your focus. Worship changes your focus. And I think this is so important for us. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And it's honest, man. Think about that in your life. What do you treasure? Because that's where your heart is. That's where your heart is. Worship is what drives us through the mundane and temporal events of this world. You know, a national treasure, you know, Ben Gates and his friends, you know, they're, they're, they're looking for this treasure. And they weren't worried every day what the new social media craze was, right? They weren't worried every day about what everybody else thought. They weren't worried about every day about his opinion or their idea. They were just like, we're going after this. We're going, it doesn't matter what we have to face, we're going. And that's the thing. When we treasure the Lord, then we're like, man, I'm pursuing the Lord. I'm pursuing Him with all my heart. And I'm gonna go through things. I've got jobs, I got, you know, schedules, I got all this stuff, but man, I'm gonna live this life of worship. Challenges. Challenges are simply something to overcome in pursuit of the treasure. Yeah, they're getting shot at, but they didn't quit. They go, oh yeah, those bad guys after us, we're gonna stop. No, no, no. They were like, we are pursuing on. Here's what it says in the book of James, James chapter one. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. All of us, right? Whenever you face trials of many kinds, now most of us, if we're honest, we're like, I don't like going through trials. Okay, (laughs) like I don't consider that joy at all, right? I'm right there. I don't like that. But why would you consider joy? Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Wow. So when you go through these trials, you're like, okay, God's at work here, and I'm gonna keep my focus on the Lord. I'm going to keep steadfast in him. God, you're doing something bigger than I can see. How many times have we gone through challenges or struggles, and then on the other side of it, and maybe a year, maybe five years or 10 years, you look back and you go, whoa, look what God was doing right there. And I was so stressed out. I was so, man, anxious through that whole time. I was so worried about all these things. And yet God was at work and God was redeeming. God was restoring. And what if in the future, when we face those challenges, we go, God, I don't understand this. But I trust you. <laughs> and God, I'm going to be a living testimony to you in the middle of the storm. God I'm going to hold on to you. See, worship lifts our eyes and our heart onto the bigger picture. That's what worship does. All of a sudden, it just, it's like God's hand just kind of comes into our chin, and we just like, look up, hold on. I've got you. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm for you. Trust me. And that's what worship does. You see, when you put your eyes on your problems, they just get bigger, right? When you put your eyes on God, he gets bigger. God's got a bigger plan. God's got a bigger purpose. And God, I want my my worship to be about you. I want to focus on you. Here's the thing, right? Worship must be fresh, (laughs) It's not just, hey, you know, I used to be a worshiper. You know, I used to get excited about God. I remember when I accepted Christ. Man, I was really happy. It was really great. It was exciting. But, you know, kind of over time. No, 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 no. There's a fresh movement of God. It says, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy. Okay, in the original Greek manuscript right there, healthy could also be translated generous, which really kind of fits right here with what Jesus is talking about, right? If your eyes are generous, Your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, that word greedy, right? If your eyes are greedy, unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? And what he's saying is like, man, if you're looking outward and you're focused on things, of God, you're focused on others, the things that are eternal. Man, there's this joy in you. But it, but if you turn in and it becomes about all about you, and the greed takes over in your life, how great is that? Darkness worship is more than songs. It's more than songs. Sometimes we, you know, let our vocabulary determine our theology. Sometimes and so we come and we go. Well, man, that was a great worship time, right? And we we're talking about you know we had three songs and we were just awesome and it was great and we. We worshiped then, and then it was like, okay, well, then I'm on to teaching, right? And then there's kind of the rest of the service. But it's called a worship service, right? Because the worship, the songs, but then also worship is diving into God's Word. And we're worshiping because we're focusing on the things of God. When we give at the offering, it's worship. We're trusting God. We're putting our faith in God. But then he calls us to live a life of worship. That it's not just, hey, I come and I worship on Sunday mornings and and then I go and do whatever the world says. No, I live this life of worship. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. I love Romans chapter 12. You know, Romans 1 through 11, right? Just this great deep theology and doctrine. And then Romans 12 is this hinge. And it, it all turns to your personal response. And he says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, again, everybody, in view of God's mercy, think about what God's done for you salvation, life, provision, blessing. Think about his mercy in your life to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So he says how you live your life is worship. And then he contrasts it with the world, right? Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, then you'll be able to test and improve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You know, a national treasure, they have to find these uh, ocular glasses, these devices, right, that Benjamin Franklin uh, supposedly made. And, and, and on these glasses, right, Nicolas Cage, he's able to look at the back of the Declaration of Independence. He pulls down the different filters, right, the different lenses, and you can see. And what's amazing is, right, as Christ followers, we start to see life differently, There's a different focus. There's a different purpose, and we're having this fresh look at life. It's the same with Scripture. When you start to read, and then you go, wow, let me read that again. Wow, let me read that again. Let me go deeper. Let me go deeper. It's like God is showing us something that's invisible to the world, (laughs) and the world's living for the things of this world, and we're to live for the things of God. Worship is hearing and obeying. It's hearing and obeying. There was a hymn we used to say, right, right. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. And so it's this living out our lives. It's knowing what God wants us to do, but it's living that out in our lives. So worship, great definition, is your mind's attention and your heart's affection. So start to think about that. What do you worship? Where's your mind's attention? Where's your heart's affection? And sometimes we go, wow, man, it could be money or it could be another person, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a relationship, or it could be a job or a career or, or an ideology or an identity or whatever that is. But, but man, where do I put my worship, my mind's attention, my heart's affection? Is it for God? Is it every day? Is it my walk with Him? You know, I don't know if you've been uh, seeing what's going on at Asbury College, but up in Kentucky, but man, revival has been breaking out and it's been awesome to watch. I've had some friends who've gone up and they, man, they just call me like, man, this is amazing. But it's, it, revival always starts with like, especially, you know, college students or young adults and just saying, we're going to worship and we're going to pray. And they started having a worship service and then people decided to stay all night and pray and stay all night and pray. So it's like 14 days now or 15 days now. It's just been going on all night. People are coming all over. And I want to tell you guys something. Revival's breaking out in our country. It's coming, man. And I tell you, I don't want to miss it. I don't want any of us to miss it. I mean, it's happening right now. There have been four great spiritual awakenings that have happened in our nation. And and the first one happened, right, and you can think about pastors who were preaching Jonathan Edwards, you can think about Charles Finney and different people, but they've all happened around these times, right? They came around the American Revolution, and then they came around, you know, what happened to the Civil War, and then they came around after, you know, Vietnam and this time, and and, and people have always thought, you know, oh man, like, God's dead in the United States, and no, 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 no. That's when God does his greatest work. That's when God starts to move in a powerful way and revival is coming and revival is always characterized by people praying and putting their attention and their mind on God by people just saying, hold on, I'm tired of living that. I want to live for the things of God. It comes also with repentance and all of a sudden people begin to go, you know what? I've been living for the things of this world and God draw me back to your heart because what happened in our nation could so happen in our lives right? We can easily drift. Man, when I accepted Christ, I'm so on fire. I'm so passionate. I'm so excited. And then we just kind of drift. And it becomes about money or success or fame or somebody else or identity. And we drift from the things of God. And revival brings us back to the heartbeat of God. And saying, God, we want to put you first. And it's happening right now. And there's going to be a revival that's going to break out. There's going to be a great awakening that's going to happen in our nation. And guys, it's going to call all of us to be leaders in that, to be praying for our families, to be praying for our hearts, to be praying for our nation and saying, God, work and move in a mighty way. And guys, this is our time. People are getting hungry for the Lord. People are realizing the things in this world don't satisfy and they're empty inside and loneliness has taken over and fear and worry, anxiety, and people need hope and help. And Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. And so for us to be the people of God, to go, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Let me point you to Jesus. Let me tell you who I worship and who is the savior of my life and my soul. Guys, it's time. There is a fresh anointing of the spirit that's coming and for us to be on the forefront of leading people to the Lord. That's what this time is about. Hey, look at this. Worship reveals what we favor. Worship reveals what we favor really in our lives. And Jesus said it, right? No one can serve two masters. We try, but no one can, really. Either you will hate the one or you'll love the other. You'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You can't, Jesus said. Now, like we said, money's not a bad thing. If you have money, great. Be thankful, be blessed. But don't let it become your ruler. Don't let it become your God. Don't let it be the thing that you live for. Because the fact is we're all going to worship something It's the way we were created. There is a God-shaped hole in every one of us. And we try to fill it with all kinds of things, but only God fits. So the question is, what do you worship? What do you worship? All right, national treasure, man. We gotta find this treasure. It's gold and it's gonna meet all of our needs and we're gonna be so successful. We're gonna have all this, all this, all this, all this. And they overcome everything else, man, because I want this treasure. But it doesn't satisfy, does it? There's a national treasure, two. There's a national treasure, three, right? It just keeps going. And I think that's what happens so many times in our lives. We go, if I just get this amount in my bank account, if I just get this in my IRA, if I just get this, it's like we get there and then it's like, oh, it doesn't anymore, 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 right? Always more and more and more. And we have to be careful about where we put our identity, we have to be careful about what we serve in our lives because it's so easy for other things to try to take over the throne of our heart. It's so easy for other things to kind of be established there, and we start to chase after those things. Uh, Mike he, Minter, he showed me this quote from Kevin O'Leary. I don't know if you ever watched Shark Tank. You Anybody watch Shark Tank, right? You know, it's so a, a really great show. It's fun, but, but Kevin O'Leary kind of took it to a whole different level here, and he was roasted online after he claimed that nothing in life not even family, was as important as making money and becoming independent. Here's what he wrote. You may lose your wife. You may lose your dog. Your mother may hate you, O'Leary told his nearly 1 million followers on Twitter. None of those things matter. What matters is that you achieve success and become free. Then you can do whatever you like. Wow. O'Leary's post received heavy blowback by users, obviously, many who disagreed with his seemingly well-centered philosophy. (laughs) This analyst for Bloomberg said, that sounds more like the definition of hell. And really, but his whole thing was, it doesn't matter, right? You lose your wife, you lose your dog. I mean, come on, man. You lose your, I mean, your mom hates you. I mean, like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm really great, man. You got a lot of money, and you wake up all by yourself, alone, and you die. I mean, that's your life right there. Wow, sounds exciting, man. I mean, that's what the world will tell you, though. That's what people say, that you've got to worship at this almighty altar, and you're going, whoa, 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 time out. There is a God who takes care of me. There's a God who provides for me. There's a God who wants me to have a great family. There's a God who wants me to have a great marriage. There's a God who wants me to raise great kids who love Jesus. There's a God who wants me to enjoy life and have peace and purpose. There is a God who is bigger than all this world. Don't drift. Don't drift and move away from the heart of God. See, here's the thing. You must daily choose what you will worship. You must daily. And when you have things, be thankful. But don't let that rule your heart and life. When God gives you blessings, enjoy them. But also turn around and say, God, it's from you. God, I want to give it back to you. God, use it. Use me. God, use me for your glory. So constantly be evaluating your passion. Evaluate your passion. So you may go, you know what, man, when I accepted Christ, I was so on fire for God. I was like, whoo, let's storm hell with a water pistol. I don't care, you know, let's let's go, right? I mean, you're just so on fire. And then what can happen? It just slowly you lose that joy. And that's where you have to go, whoa, 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 I gotta check my heart. I gotta check my heart. You, you know, it's easy too, and money becomes a barometer for that, right? Jesus talks about, you know, man, it's important. And God goes back in the Old Testament, even about tithing, giving our first 10% to God. And you're like, when you first accept Christ, you're like, oh, that's great. I mean, God lets me keep 90%. I only give 10% back to him. I mean, are you kidding? That's awesome. What a great deal. Where else will I get that deal? You know, and you're just like, wow. But that was easy when you made $1,000 a month, right? It was like hundred bucks. You're like, that was no problem. And all of a sudden you make $50,000. You make $100,000, like $5,000? Whoa, I don't know, God. I got to have that money. Are you, you can't provide for me, God, because that $5,000 is going to take care of everything else. You know, it's just like God's going, what? But we just drift, right? Or we get caught up in sports. And I love sports, man. I played, you know, travel and all that stuff growing up. But, but, but then after a while, my parents at least were wise enough to say, no, 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 we're not skipping church. Because what can happen then all of a sudden, we just start to move away. And now praise God for online, but man, when you're traveling and you can stop and you can watch online, you can say, hey, as a family, this is important, but you want your kids grounded in God's word and you evaluate your passion because it can slowly drift and it becomes about sports and everything else. And then your kid says, well, I don't want to play anymore. And you're like, what do you mean you don't want to play anymore? That's what I wanted you to do. That's why I had this whole career thing for you, right? We were going to make lots of money, you know, and you're going, whoa, time out. Time out. Or you go to a concert, man, and you're just like, whoa, this is awesome. You're singing every song and you come to church. You're like, okay, I've been here. You know, let's go. And you go, man, I've got to constantly, constantly evaluate my passion. What do I worship? What do I worship? Because daily the world is drawing me away from the heartbeat of God. What do I worship? Look at this last one, right? He says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God's going, all your heart, all your heart. Look at this. Worship shows what you put first. If you keep going here in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter six, and you come down, here's what Jesus says. He says, but seek first his kingdom. Seek first and his righteousness, right? That repentance, that confession in our lives and all these things will be given to you as well. God's like, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of that. I know what you need. And in fact, I'm going to give you more. I'm going to bless you. But, but, but listen, don't make that your God. Trust me first and then let me take care of you. Let me provide for you physically. Let me provide for you relationally. Let me let you provide for you emotionally. I want you to have a great life. I want you to have a great But if you live for the things of this world, it's going to be up and down and up and down. And, but if you live for me, listen, I'm going to take care of it. Trust me. Trust me. So what are you seeking? What are you seeking? If we be honest, man, are you seeking the Lord? Or are you seeking the things of the world? Are you seeking the Lord? Or are you saying, oh, I got to have all this or I'm going to be happy? Or if I don't, I'm not going to be happy? And God's going, no, no, no. Trust me. Seek. Seek God and delight in him. I love Psalm 37, 4. Right? Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. God, you're enough. God, you're enough for me. God, you love me with an everlasting love. God, there's nothing I can do to make you love me anymore. There's nothing I can do to make you love me any less. God, I just delight in you. And Father, I want to have joy. I want to be grateful. I want to see you in everything. Because here's the truth. What you feed grows. So, Being at church, so glad you're here. Praise God. Good job, right? Being in God's word, reading each day, praying. You know what? That's going to feed. It's going to grow. But the same thing is true of the world. You know, you struggle with comparison and you scroll through Instagram all the time. You just feed that, you feed that, you feed that. You struggle with pornography and you feed it, you feed it, you feed it. It's going to grow. The converse is true too, though. What you starve dies. You stop doing those things and you go, man, that stuff dies in my life. And the things of God will grow in my life. So what are we feeding? How are we growing? Here's the thing, right? Jesus says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? So we can go after the world, we can try to gain everything, or we can go, you know what, God? Right now, I wanna gain you. And I want you to use me for your glory. Because all of history, all of history is gonna culminate in worship. Everybody's gonna stand before the throne of God. The Bible says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And so, man, I want to be worshiping the Lord. And for whatever time I'm here, for however short this time is right here on this earth, I want to live a life of worship because it's going to impact everybody. Here's what he says, right? 2 Chronicles. If my people. Now, who are his people? Old Testament, it was the Jews, the Israelites, right? New Testament, because of Jesus coming and dying on a cross for your sins, for my sins, he made a way for all of us to be the people of God. His church. His church. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. That's repentance, right? God, I'm starting to drift. I'm gonna turn back to you, right? I I, I wanna come back to you. Turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin. And look at this. And I will heal their land. That's what we're seeing. That's what's happening. God is at work. And it starts with you and it starts with me. It starts with looking at our heart and saying, God, I wanna worship you. And I wanna love the people around me. I wanna love my family. I wanna love the people. I wanna be generous. I wanna be kind. God, use me to make a difference. I wanna invest in the things that last. God, I'm yours. I wanna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are today what do you worship? (laughs) Maybe in your life, you go, man, I've kind of drifted. It's become about money or success or power or image. But God, today, I want it to be about you. (laughs) Maybe today's the day of salvation. Jesus, come into my heart, my life. Maybe God's calling you to be baptized and before you're like, oh, I'm worried about what people think and now you're going, no, I want to be a living testimony to God. Maybe today God's saying, hey, join the church. And Maybe God's saying, trust me. I'm bigger than anything you're facing right now. Worship me. So Father, here we are, your disciples. If my people. God, let us be those people who pray, who worship, who reach out to the people around us for your glory. It's only Jesus' God, I pray that you would speak to our hearts right now. You would challenge us, you would change us in this moment as we respond back to you.
0: Thank you for listening to the Rolling Hills sermon podcast. Share this episode with movie lovers, friends and family in your life. Make sure you subscribe to be notified so you never miss a sermon. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app, follow us on social media or visit our website at rollinghills.church. The Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast is a part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in.